The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the John Cordray Podcast Show number 10. Today, I talked to Ches Barbosa about finding your identity after a life crisis. This is the John Cordray Show, the infusion of mental health and healthy living. Welcome to the green zone of inspiration, encouragement, and enlightenment. Discover how you can feel better so you can start living better. And now, your host, your friendly neighborhood therapist, a national certified counselor, a leading voice of emotionally healthy living, and the mental health dude, John Cordray. In this episode, I talk to Ches Barbosa from True Vine Counseling, talking about finding your identity after a life crisis. Ches earned a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology from Southwestern Baptist University. He holds a Master's of Education in Counseling from Missouri Baptist University, and he is currently pursuing licensure with the state of Missouri. While Ches counsels a broad scope of topics, his gifting comes in men's struggles as well as relationships and communications. From addictions to marriage and family dynamics, Ches is able to help discover the core issues that lead to problems many are facing. In addition to counseling, he is also a licensed pastor, has worked in ministry for 12 years, and has served in various churches as a worship pastor. Chez is married, and they have two beautiful children. Well, Chez, I am so delighted to have you on my show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and uh, talk to my listeners. And, and I'm just really curious what it is that specifically that you do. Do you have a a specialty or age group or a focus that you particularly do with your clients? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and I'm excited to talk today. And um, I would say I specialize uh, mostly with marriage and family dynamics. I really enjoy counseling those dynamics, and then individual as well. And if I had to really narrow it down to kind of a, a niche of what I really enjoy talking to people about, whether that's individual or couples, it'd probably have to do with identity. Um, so many times people have a lost identity or they, they allow successes or failures or challenges or other people or circumstances to determine who they are. And uh, I find that many times when people do that, um, 
it kind of leads them astray and, and they're often very stressed, very frustrated, very hurt, um, and it, it can be very draining. And when you don't really know who you are and don't have a strong foundation in that, it can really be detrimental to relationships, to, to families, um, to individuals, and, and um, can really hurt you in anything you're trying to do in life. And so um, marriage and family would be what I say I, I overall specialize in. Um, but then if I narrow that down, it would be probably more on the identity issues um, within those dynamics. Yeah, and you, and you specifically, you, you had mentioned identity uh, with people. And I think that is a huge topic for a lot of people, no matter what your age. You know, I, I think of automatically, I think of uh, when, when someone is uh, thinking about their identity, I think of a teenager. Uh, but then I also think about and, uh, someone who is an adult and maybe along in their years and something major happens, like a divorce or a remarriage or a death, or something major in their life, and it almost creates a, a whole new, who am I, uh, an identity question all over again. Do you get that a lot with your practice? Yeah, absolutely. And I would, I would absolutely echo what you just said. You know, if you, if you go down to the teenage years, starting there, of course, we see that with peer pressure. Um, kids are desperate to, to figure out where they belong and who they are and how they fit if they're cool or not, or if they're athletic, if they're nerds, you know, all the dynamic, I mean, uh, the stereotypes that have always been there. And, and when you really look at the root of it, they don't know who they are. And so they're, they're trying to find where they fit to determine who they are. And then if you, if you go on into adulthood, yeah, exactly. Um, I see that so much, especially with a, a divorce situation, for example, or even just a battered marriage, battered meaning emotionally, doesn't mean just physically, but emotionally or mentally, just a, a marriage in a bad state. Um, so many times, especially with women, they, they are, um, they're told that they're unlovable or they're told that they are beautiful or not worthy. And, and so they begin to identify themselves as that. They begin to identify themselves as losers or as um, kind of pushed aside and, and they don't really know who they are. Uh, men do the same thing, especially with career. They're identified by that. I, I counsel men so much where they may be out of work or just got laid off or trying to find a job, and, and they, um, they're very depressed. And a lot of times it's because they don't know who they are without their career. And so they identify in what they do um, to, to determine who they are. And there's a huge difference there that people don't so much and so often they don't see that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I think uh, when when something is taken away from you, uh, whether it's a job or a relationship or, or some other thing that you are really attached to, and all of a sudden that's gone, it does, it, it kind of brings on that sense of identity crisis. Oh, yeah. So my, my question for you, I'm really interested in this because I think this is a huge topic for a lot of people. What would, what would you say to somebody who may have gone through a life transition, like a major one? Maybe it's a, a, a divorce or perhaps it's a remarriage or a death or a job loss. What would be something that you could encourage them to do? And maybe they're just trying to start out uh, redefining who they are or, or the next chapter in their life. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. And I think, let me answer that first very broadly, and then, I, and then I'll give a little bit of specifics to it. But I think the first thing I would do, very broad level, is, is two questions. I think I would ask them, first of all, who do you believe you were before this transition happened? 
before the the circumstance that happened that's making you question who you are now who were you before that when things seemingly were going better uh, or or if they were still bad but not quite as bad I would still ask them that same question who were you before then the second question that I would ask is who do you want to be if if you could if you could write up the description of who you are what would it look like what would, you know what kind of characteristics would that be what what abilities um, what would it you know what would make you that person and so I think I would start there on a broad level as far as um, anybody I could ask that question to and that would pertain really to anybody um, if if I wanted to go a little bit more specific depending on the client depending on um, their belief systems and kind of how they how they land uh, I would and I would of course obtain that information and talking with them a little bit further if they're if faith is important to them and if they if they are um, really wanting to have that kind of a foundation in their faith then I'd go down that road and I would ask them um, what role their faith plays you know if if it's a Christian perspective of their faith you know is is Jesus their foundation is that who they identify themselves in um, if it's good works do they identify themselves in that um, you know what is it they're trying to identify themselves in and then try to help them accordingly figure out where their foundation needs to be um, me personally I counsel from a biblical foundation we do Christian counseling and um, so my belief system is rooted in identity in, in, in Jesus as far as my foundation um, but depending on where the client is of course I would never force that on them and um, if they are if that is important to them then we would talk about that and go down that road and what that would look like for them and uh, and if it's not something they want to talk about then I would talk more about the who do you want to be who are you before Etc. and kind of tailored a little bit specifically to what they're looking for as well. You know, I think uh, you bring up a really good point with uh, faith, uh, and, and that, that reminds me that you have not been a counselor forever, right? So you, you also have other things that you're involved in, and, and I'm just really curious uh, how you actually got started in your counseling field and kind of what your journey has become. Can you yeah. kind of elaborate more on that? Absolutely. I've had a I've had a very fun and interesting journey <laughs> to get to counselor. Um, I let's see. I started counseling in '07 um, once I completed my master's degree, and and I started pursuing it. And then um, I, I also have served in ministry and on a church perspective and um, church staff, volunteer, formal, all kinds of. Uh, situations there. And so what I found though, is that right after that time I got my counseling degree, um, I just felt like God was calling me to, to pursue ministry via a, the, a church staff. And, uh, I was given the opportunity to, to serve at a large church in the St. Louis area. And, um, I was able to lead music, which I am passionate about and love. And so I did that actually for five and a half years while I was doing some very, very part-time counseling. Um, but just kind of felt like the Lord was saying, hey, it's, let's do this first, and then we'll pursue counseling later. Didn't really understand it at the time, but I said, okay, we'll do it. Um, like you said, um, I wasn't always a counselor, and so I've always tried to align my life with following where I believe the Lord's calling me. And so he opened up some amazing opportunities, though, through those five and a half years with connections and with um, just experiences and, and people that he has brought in my path. And... Um, I did that for the five and a half years, and then after that, I kind of started really sensing him saying, okay, this, this season is done, and called me to jump into counseling full-time, and so that was about two, a little over two years ago, and 
So I went back in and I stepped down from that position and went back to full-time counseling and have been doing that ever since and have really been enjoying it and loving it. In the meantime, though, I also have been able to um, support a, a good friend of mine who is starting a church and I'm helping him serve there part-time, um, which is allowing me to still counsel full-time. So it's been an interesting journey and, and uh, one I didn't anticipate, I thought, you know, as we always do, I thought it was going to be more clear cut. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, as I look back, I'm, I'm very thankful that it has gone the way it has because, it, like I said, it has really opened a lot of great opportunities and relationships for me. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. Yeah, and I, I find it very interesting when I talk to other counselors and when I think about my own life, um, just kind of the backstory, the journey. Uh, because not, I would say most counselors, wouldn't you say, Ches? Uh, most counselors never really thought they would become a counselor when, say, they were a teenager. They didn't oh, yeah. just say, oh, I want to become a, t- a counselor. Uh, but usually it's the story of that particular person, uh, uh, the journey along the way that they just want to give back. They want to help other people. And, and so I think a, a lot of people don't understand or, or maybe they don't think about that a counselor is – just like them, they have weaknesses, they have hardships, they have a story to tell. But I think that's what makes a therapist so effective is because they can relate and, and they can make that connection with their clients because they have their own story. It's not that they are better than, the, than their client. It's just that they have a story and they have that ability and the capacity as a, an active listener or someone to, to really be in the moment with that client. And I think that makes him a very, very effective therapist. And uh, so I really resonate with your story and, and a much, it's much like mine uh, in, in a lot of ways. And, and so uh, I, I really think it's uh, important uh, for, for us as therapists to embrace our past, our journey, the hardships and, and failures and everything that has brought us to the point where we're at as a therapist, I think it's important for us to embrace that and uh, not feel ashamed, but to uh, accept ourselves, but also to accept those who come to see us because they are broken and they are fallen just like we are. Uh, And that's that common connection, that common bond between therapist and client is that we're both broken and we're both Mm -hmm. in this together and we both have a story to tell it's just that the, the therapist isn't going to be there to tell their whole story. That's why it's really cool to be able to hear your story because it's probably something that you're not able to disclose in your normal session with a client. 
Um, right. So it's, that's why it's kind of, I always ask that question to therapists, how they got started and what their journey has been, because I think it's, it's fascinating to see yeah. how they became I, a counselor. I would, I would echo exactly what you just said about relating and broken and um, not really knowing what you want to do with all that. You know, I, uh, when I was, you know, as I look back on my past and just how I feel like I've been prepared for being a counselor and why I was called to that, um, when I was six years old, I was diagnosed with a, a mild form of Tourette disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, you know, of course, very interesting and, and very um, devastating for a six-year-old to have to be able to discover that, what does this mean? What does this look like? And that was, of course, back at a time where they didn't know anything nearly as much as they know about it now. Yeah. And, um, and so growing up with Tourette's um, through school, <laughs> you, you get a very, a very fast appreciation for um, the, the hurting side of people, the broken side of people. And what it did for me through all the ridicule and through all of the kids not understanding and, and making fun of is it, is it taught me a natural empathy. It taught me to, to feel what others feel. It taught me to um, want to help and care for people. And, and I, as I look back from my faith perspective, I, I believe first, you know, I mean, absolutely, without a doubt, that that was part of God preparing me to, to be an effective counselor was being able to understand and empathy at a level that you can't learn in school, that it's, it's truly something you've experienced. And so fast forward to today, and it's given me an insight that I don't believe I would have otherwise had um, with people with hurting. And especially, of course, with helping people struggling with Tourette's mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in anything in that kind of realm. And so I do very much agree with that. I think that just another broken person helping broken people, as we all are. And, uh, and my story is probably similar to so many therapists of, you know, I was the kid or the teenager or the friend that everybody always went to for help or to talk or to ask for direction and advice. And so um, as I kind of got older, I started realizing I want to help people more and more. And so it's interesting when I talk to therapists, they, a lot of them share that same um, experience that they were always the person that people went to for needing help and for guidance and, and just to talk to. And so I, that's another important aspect that I do believe from my past in addition to my, my calling from the Lord and, and uh, that experience that has prepared me to be in a counselor and has kind of guided me to this career path. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that, even though looking back at the time, it was very hard. Um, I do believe it has helped me be a better counselor and pastor today. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I think that is uh, really awesome that you were able to share that uh, about your life. I think that's very meaningful and impactful. So just you're, you're, you're kind of a two in one package here. You're a pastor as well as a trained counselor. Uh, so when, when people come to see you, let's say they're looking for specifically Christian counseling, faith-based counseling. Uh, you have that background of, of being a pastor. You've been in ministry. You worked in a church. You've been on staff. But also you have that background of being a counselor. So you have kind of the best of two worlds, if you will, for those who are seeking somebody who has that Christian faith-based background and foundation who is also a therapist. Now, let me ask you just real quick. Um, are, you, are there certain genders uh, that you see mainly men or women or both? Do you see a lot of couples? 
just want to recap that and then I want to ask what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody's interested in coming to you for counseling sure yeah um, I am thankful to have kind of that blended training it does help me a lot to what you were saying there and I do appreciate that and um, it is vital in so many ways so but as far as the the gender I mean I think I'm pretty balanced right now so as you're asking me that question I'm just kind of reflecting on who I have I see pretty equal men and women um, as far as um, the type of counseling whether that's individual couple family etc I'm I'm pretty spread uh, evenly on that as well I would say um, I probably have more marriages than than if you if you look at everything I deal with couples probably the most um, as well as some premarital counseling and uh, just some couples who are wanting communication help, et cetera. Um, I, that's probably where I have the majority of. Um, and then secondly would probably be some of the individuals, but varying with, with men and women. And so um, I really don't have a preference as far as who I would and wouldn't take as far as genders or type, but that's probably how it looks right now. And then as far as how you would get in contact with me, um, there's two ways. You can get in contact with me personally on Facebook and Twitter, uh, with Chez Barbosa, just my first and last name is the uh, name for both of those. And then <clears throat> you can also find our, our practice, which is True Vine Counseling, um, on Facebook. And then Twitter is True Vine Counsel, at True Vine Counsel. So you can, you can I kind of monitor both of those. So you can um, get in touch with me on either one of those. And then as my email is Chez at truevinecounseling.com. That's also a good way to get in touch with me um, as Great. well. And Chess, I will put all of your contact info uh, on my show notes. So if those who are listening to this, they may not be able to remember everything or write it down, uh, but they can certainly go to my show notes uh, on my website and get that info so they can contact you uh, directly. Yeah, great. Uh, so uh, do you have just a few minutes to go through the green zone round? Great. Absolutely. Awesome. The green zone round is something specifically personal to you. And I talk a lot about the green zone and the green zone is kind of that zone where you're happy and calm and peaceful and that positivity is just uh, something that you exhibit, maybe not every day, but something that you try to do to be emotionally healthy. So let's go into the green zone round. All right, Chez. What one thing do you do to stay emotionally healthy? Well, for me, um, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind and the single-handedly most influential thing is I try to um, daily and consistently read Scripture and, and try to keep, meditate and keep my mind on Scripture. I found for me that emotionally and mentally, um, of course, and spiritually, the, that's there's really nothing that helps me more than that because it reminds me of the perspective that I need to have. And it helps me to center myself on Christ and not, not in my, my day to day what's going okay. on. So Number two, that, what one piece of life advice that has been given to you has been the most helpful? I would say, um, and this is definitely held true. Always try to surround myself with people who are going to, encourage my goals, my dreams, my hopes, and, and be the person that says, man, that sounds great. What are we, let's, let's figure this out. How are we going to do this? Rather than surrounding yourself with the people who will tell you all the reasons why something won't work. Um, what I have found is those kind of people will absolutely drain you of 
of your energy and, and your ambition and you will find yourself not going anywhere. So that was probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that's resonated with me is surround yourself. It's more than just a cheerleader, but surround yourself with a cheerleader mm, rather than okay. the naysayer. Number three, who is one of your real life superheroes and why? <clears throat> Um, so there's this guy, you may or may not have heard of him. His name is Nick Vujicic. He is a, an Australian guy that was born with no arms and no legs. And, um, his story is incredible. He, um, just very quickly, he went through his life, tried to commit suicide at one point, just didn't want to live cause it was too hard and then turned around and, uh, gave his life to the Lord and, and has traveled the world and just about every continent. And, um, and has basically sharing his story and just about how as God is using his life for great things. And he, I got, I got the opportunity to hear him speak um, in person and as well as meet him. And, and just in talking to him, the perspective that a guy with no arms and no legs has, wow, that is positive that he has, that the things that he can do, he can drive, he can golf, he can type, he can swim, <laughs> try to figure that out. Like wow. I've seen him do it all. And I, I don't understand, but the determination, the sheer determination that he has, that he is not going to be defeated. Um, and the perspective that's given him is blown away, just blown me away. I've never met anybody more single-handedly, at least that I've met in person, um, more inspiring than him with no arms and no legs. And so for me, that's my superhero mm personally that I've met. And then, um, it, it really kind of reminded me like <laughs> when I think my, my worst day, mm. I still have my legs and my arms. And so, um, he's been a, he's wow, been a huge what inspiration a perspective for me. That is. He, I, yeah. His name is Nick Vujicic. Okay. I will <laughs> put that on my show notes as well. That, that is tremendous. I think, uh, I've never met yeah, him, but amazing he's story. already become one of my real life superheroes as well. All right, the last question. <laughs> what is one thing in your life right now that you are currently working on to improve? For me, it would be um, more on the exercise athletic side. You know, I always do a lot of stuff for the business professional, for networking, for growing in that route. But um, for me, I needed to develop more um, time for physical activity. And so, what that means specifically for me is is getting back into basketball. Basketball has always been a passion of mine, and uh, and I love playing. And it helps me to kind of um, get away from all the stress, from all the pressure of work, and just be able to reset and refocus as well as get exercise. So that's something I've been finding a lot very beneficial for me Great. recently. Well, Ches, uh, you went through the green zone round. I appreciate that. I appreciate you being open and uh, talking about – your uh, your journey and uh, i just really appreciate you taking the time to come on my show i am really excited to get to know you and i know we met uh, a little while ago in person and, and it was just so much fun i enjoyed it a lot uh, getting to know you and and i really do hope that uh, your counseling and the church that you help are helping plant just explodes and that you can help as many people as possible uh, I just think you're a stand-up guy, and, and uh, I just pray that, that you um, are able to help many, many people in your practice. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that, and I've enjoyed getting to know you and talking today as well. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me hey, on. I really appreciate it, and uh, continue to stay in the green zone. 
You have been listening to The John Cordray Show. Remember, your story isn't over yet. Together, we can break the stigma of mental health. Together, we can make a difference. Be sure to catch the next episode of The John Cordray Show. Until next time, stay in the green zone. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.